0: This is the end of March, which also makes it the end of the first quarter. And I hope that this quarter has treated you well, that this month has treated you well, and as we enter into the next quarter and April, that you keep the hope. Some things may have not worked out the way you wanted, but that's okay. There's still time. As long as there's life, there's still an opportunity to do more and keep going. So, I hope you guys hold on to my favorite mantra, Better Still Remains, and use that to reassess if you need to, to pivot, to plan, and to prepare yourselves for the greatness that is to come for the rest of this week, the rest of this year, and the month of April. And with that, we'll get into the episode. And this is the final episode, week three of our three-week coaching series. So for the past two weeks, I've been talking to you guys about what to consider when hiring a coach. I spent the first week talking about what to consider if you're hiring or looking to hire a life coach and the second week talking about what you should consider if you're hiring a business coach. So this final week is about becoming a coach because it's not just about hiring, it's also about becoming. And as you guys know, I've spoken about the fact that, especially during the pandemic, I saw a rise in coaches. Coaches for everything. And last week I even told you guys about creativity coaches, which is something I didn't even know existed. So there are a lot of coaches out there, left, right, and center. And as a consumer, it's nice and it could be a little overwhelming, which is why I made those two episodes about what to consider. But on the other end... If you decide that, hmm, I see these people doing this stuff and I want to get into it too. It's important to really know what you're getting into and that's why I wanted to make this episode for you guys to really sit down and assess what you want to coach and if you should coach it because everybody is good at things like this is a fact. We all have something that we're good at, but not everything you're good at is something that you should coach. That might sound tough, but it's the truth. I'm not here to lie to you. I'm not here to mince words. It is what it is. Not everything you're good at, you should coach. I am pretty good at cooking, but I do not see myself becoming a cooking instructor or a cooking coach or, yeah, an instructor or even a chef if we're being pretty honest because I don't necessarily see that that is the best use of my talents, maybe a cookbook in the future, but to do one-on-one cooking classes as of now, I don't think that's where my talent lies, right? And being able to discern the fact that not everything I'm good at should be monetized is a very important thing to know, friends. So being a coach means that you have an expert status in what you're doing. And when we hear the word expert, It can be very daunting. Expert doesn't mean PhD. Expert doesn't mean the best in the world at what you do. Expert doesn't mean you went to school for years. Being an expert means that you can do what you do well. And the word well is a very heavy and loaded word. And I'm going to pretty much break it down in the six considerations that you need to make before you decide to start a coaching practice. Because for me... I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my practice at the end of this, but one of the things that really made me delay was the fact that I felt like I wasn't ready. And that might sound like procrastination. And you guys know how I feel about procrastination, but at the same time, looking back, it was, it was pretty good in the sense that, I didn't want to just jump into something and take people's hard earned money when I wasn't confident in the fact that I'd be able to deliver their money's worth and then some. And what I'm finding is that a lot of people are doing that right now. Like everybody's looking for a coach on something, how to sell, how to sell on Etsy, how to make your first six figures on Spotify, no, Shopify, either or, <laughs> how to become famous on TikTok, how to get 10,000 followers in 10 days, a bunch of stuff, right? And they're, of course, charging money for these things. These are not free. So it's important to like consider some, some key factors to not only ensure that you're doing right by the people who are going to come to you and patronize you, because ethics is very important. We're not just out here. We're not sleazy salesmen. We're not promising people things, taking their money to be never seen again. That is not the goal of myself. And I'm sure most of you guys who have been listening to me, because if that was your goal, we, you probably would have been over me by now. <laughs> but the fact that you're still here means that we're kind of aligned in that regard, right? So let me get right into your considerations before you start your coaching practice. And the first one is, what are you good at? I know I said that not everything you're good at, you should monetize or become a coach for. But with that being said, it is important to coach something you're good at. It makes sense because if you're not good at it, how will you be able to coach it, right? Because you're not coaching someone through your struggle. Someone's not paying you for both of you guys to, wobble baby step crawl and fall to the end of whatever journey and do trial and error they're not coming to you for trial and error anybody who's coming to you is coming to you because they have done the trial and error on their own and they've decided that they want to spend money to mitigate that risk to stop going through the struggles and bypass all of the bumps in the road that they would go through if they were still trying to just Um, figure it out on their own. So when you're thinking about what you're good at, think about the things that people come to you for. What are the questions that people constantly ask you? If you think about your friend group, your family, the people who are closest to you, what is it that they constantly come to you for? And the thing about this is the thing about most gifts and the things that we're good at, because they come to us so easily, we don't necessarily see the value in it. But this is not about you. It's about Does this thing that comes easily to me or is this thing that comes easily to me something that doesn't necessarily come easy to a lot of people and at the same time, something that they may need. So because it comes so easily to me, I can offer that service. So what I would tell you to do is just write a list of the things that you're good at, the things that people say you're good at. It could be anything. You're great at giving advice. You're great at styling people. You're great at organizing you're great at anything because truly there is a market for absolutely everything. And that's the great part about it, right? Somebody is always looking for something that you have to offer and being niche is not a bad thing, which I'm going to get into in one of my next considerations. But yes, take note of what you're good at. You can say that people are making money becoming marketing, um, like social media marketing strategists and they coach people on how to get their social media following to 10,000 in 10 days. And you've had your social media for like five years and you have barely passed a hundred. Yes, people are making great money doing that, but that's probably not what you are good at, right? So this is the first consideration. Look at what you're good at. Look at your skills and your talents and move And make your steps and your decisions from that place. Because it's nice to look at what other people are good at and what you think make money. But the learning curve and the talent that it may take to do that could be a waste of time. Because you're not looking at what you already have in the bag. You're looking at what you don't have in the bag that somebody else does. Take a look at your inventory first and then go from there. The second consideration is do you have a method that that can be duplicated? Let me repeat that one more time. Do you have a method that can be duplicated? When it comes to coaching, especially if it's a specific type of coaching, having a method, a proprietary method even, is very beneficial because no matter who you who comes to you, no matter who you deal with, you know that you can apply this method to them and get them the results they want you are not here to sell people flukes. Don't sell people flukes. And what I mean by selling people flukes is that, let me just use podcasting as an example, since that's what you're listening to. So now let's use me as an example. I started my podcast um, a little over two years ago or a little under two years ago. Yeah, (laughs) about two years ago, I started my podcast. I had zero experience. And let's say... I just happened to create an episode that was really on trend and it skyrocketed my podcast to a million listens or a million downloads a month. I did nothing and I don't even know how it happened. I can't even pinpoint exactly what it was. It was, I'll just, I'll just attribute it to timing. And the next thing, you know, I start selling a podcasting program. I start coaching small podcasters on how to get their get to a million listens a month. I'm selling them a fluke because I don't even know how I did what I did. Not saying that if that's the case, it wasn't commendable, but is it something that should be monetized and sold to people? No, because I don't know how I did it. So having a method that can be duplicated is extremely important because when you're coaching, especially if you're starting off with a small coaching program, it's not something that's a big course that's more... Generic in the sense that there's just modules and something pre-recorded. If you're actually doing like coaching where your clients are speaking to you individually, you need to have a method in place. So that you can track what you're doing. You can know where they're going right and wrong. And you can guide them along a journey that can reach an end result. Not just, hmm, we're going to just wing this because I did it. And since I didn't, I didn't really try. Maybe I can tell you how to do it. But you don't even know how you did what you did. So (laughs) sorry for the little rant. But I find that this happens a lot. Especially right now. People are selling people flukes. And I'm not here for it. Don't sell something that you happen to have success in, but you don't know how you got it. Because people aren't coming here and spending money with you to test the waters. As I said, they're not coming to you to wobble and baby step and crawl with you. They've been wobbling and baby stepping and crawling and trying to figure things out on their own. And now they're ready to come to someone who will help them take the training wheels off and really ride. You can't do that if you don't even know how your training wheels just happen to fall off one day. (laughs) So yeah, that's the second one. Do you have a method that can be duplicated? And if you don't have a method that can be duplicated, create one. Sometimes we don't even realize the type of methods that we use in our day-to-day lives because they come so easy to us. Um, Just a little side note, I just recently... Put up an ebook. It's called Shoot Your Shot and Stay on Top. It's a productivity, time management, and pitch strategy workbook. And the inception of this workbook was the fact that I was talking to one of my best friends. I would tell her all the time how I did so many things and how I stayed on top of everything, how I was sending email pitches of my book, of my work to people, and I was getting back a tremendous, like a really high percentage of replies and she was like that doesn't seem normal like the fact that you're able to do all this stuff isn't normal and I'm like oh it isn't (laughs) I've been doing it she's like you need to write a book on how you do it so you can help other people do it and when I thought about it, I was like how would like what kind of book would I even write on it but then I really sat back and I'm like how do I do the things that I do and I realized that there was a method behind it I never thought of as of it as a method because I had been doing it for so long. But in fact, it really was a method. And because I took time to step back, I was able to document that method into a workbook that is now for sale to help people do what I do and to help them be able to take their never ending to do list and conquer it easily without feeling overwhelmed with time for self-care and all other important things. But yeah, I will link that in the show notes since I <laughs> I happen to bring it up. But yeah, that is not a fluke because it's been tested. So the third consideration is who is your ideal client? This is what you need to ask yourself and I know that it sounds so it sounds ideal to say everybody, my, my course could work for anybody, my program can work for anybody, and that may be the case. But the truth is that if something is for everybody, it's for nobody because nobody is looking for it. You need to hunker down. Wow, I just said hunker, my apologies. <laughs> you need to really dig down and say, who is this for? Is it for entrepreneurs? Is it for women? Is it for men? Is it for black women? Is it for... Is it for children? Is it for people within this age group? Is it for people who have this talent? Is it for people who have this skill set? Is it for people who have reached this level and are looking to get to this level? Or is it for people who haven't reached any level but are thinking about starting? You need to get specific and figure out who your ideal client is because if you don't know who your ideal client is, you will not be able to sell to them. You need to figure out what their pain points are, what they're looking for, what they need, what they search on Google And target that and get it going. And of course, this is to get started. But as you continue to go and as you continue to grow, you'll find that there are some people who aren't necessarily your ideal client, who weren't the people you were targeting, but they saw your work and they related to it and they're still going to patronize you. But if you just say... This is Kumbaya United Nations business. It's for everybody. Nobody's going to look for it because they're going to look at it and be like, oh, it could kind of work for me, but it's not pulling me in. It's not attracting me. It's not making me feel like this is who I need to go to because it's going to give me the changes I want to see. It doesn't seem bad per se, but it also doesn't seem good because it just doesn't seem special and it's not calling my name. So you really need to figure out who your ideal client is and speak to them directly in everything that you're doing. The fourth consideration is, do you want to work with a group or do you want to work with individuals? This is a really important one because it really affects your time. It affects your style. It affects your pricing because working with people on a one-on-one basis will obviously garner a higher level of income because you're giving them your undivided attention, as opposed to a coaching scenario where, sorry, a group coaching scenario where your attention is divided amongst 50 people, five people, whatever it is. So, really figuring out how you want to work will also help you finesse or refine your method because working with a, an individual person will require a different level of attention and strategy and resources than working with a large group because that's just how the numbers work, right? If you work with one person for one hour compared to 10 people for an hour, the time is different. Like 10 people, that's pretty much six minutes per person, right? So you'll probably have to do something that's more group based with a little bit of individual talking. Whereas some, if you have an hour to spend with someone, you have to fill that time with a value for that person in every single way. So really consider this because understanding, and there's nothing wrong with the hybrid of the two, that's what I currently am doing. But there is a difference in the way that you operate on both of those levels. The fifth consideration is, what are your credentials? (laughs) I know I said that being an expert doesn't require a PhD, but at the same time, what are your credentials? <laughs> like? Is it is it your education that has given you the ability to coach on what you coach? Is it your life that has given you the ability to coach on what you coach? Is it the work that you've done with other people that has given you the ability to coach what you coach? It's very tricky, I'll use the word tricky, to charge people, to coach them on something that you've never done before, or you have no experience in. It's, I'd say it's borderline unethical (laughs) in some regards, from my humble opinion, you know, as the judge of whatever I am, I think that it's very important to be able to back it up. If you're talking about something, if you're saying you're coaching on something that actually requires a certificate to do, do you have that certificate? And this is where it also kind of goes into like your method, right? So if, for example, you're a life coach and your experience is the fact that you hit rock bottom in your life and you were able to not only pull yourself out of that, but thrive. Your life is your experience. But then what really solidifies your experience is the method, right? Because if you're a life coach that pulled yourself from rock bottom, how can I say that you'll be able to help me do the same? It's because you have a method. And that's why method was number two. And that's why it's so important to figure out your method. And sometimes your method can be simple. It can be complex, but it has to be something that you you trust, you believe in, and you can duplicate. And one of the best ways to really think about, th- about your method if you're having a hard time is if you create your method, create like four different ideal customers that you would love to have in your business. Write their backstory, write what they need, and then hypothetically apply your method to them and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, where are the gaps? How can those gaps be filled and how can you refine and add to your method to ensure that it is cohesive and comprehensive and able to truly give your clients what they need. And with that, the fifth and final consideration is what's your selling point? (laughs) This is really important. And another way to consider it is what will your clients be going away with? As I said, there are many, many, many coaches out there doing a lot of the same things, but what makes them all have success in their own right is their selling point, what their clients are going away with, what makes them different to the other person, what makes them attractive. You need to know what makes you special and what your clients are going to go away with and sell that to your ideal client. You need to sell that. Because if you were to type in business coaches near me right now, you will probably receive pages and pages and pages of Google ads of people who are like, I can get you to where you want to be. But what makes you choose one? It's reading their backstory. It's understanding what they want. Or what they can give you and what they can offer. So you need to do this for your clients. And if you're seriously considering starting a coaching practice. I would say go back and listen to the first two episodes in this series. Because I gave people who are looking to hire. My tips on what they should consider. And if you go back and you listen to what people should be considering. You can fill in every single one of those gaps. You can target intentionally to ensure that you are going to give your client the best experience possible because we do need coaches. We need more coaches. We need faith-based coaches. We need honest coaches. We need coaches who truly love the work they're doing and truly want to see the change, not just coaches who want to make a buck. And if you have something in you that has been pressing on your heart, something that you know could help people, something that has already been helping the people around you and you know that there's a gap in the market, there is absolutely no reason for you to say, oh, it's oversaturated. You're bringing a you factor that nobody else can bring. Everybody can do what I can do or many people can do what I can do, but none of them are me, so they can't do it like me. And half of the time, that's how you sell. You sell on the, yes, other people are saying this, but... There's something about me that you you like, something about me that you can connect to, something about me that you trust. And because of that, I'm your go-to girl. I'm your go-to person. I'm the person who is going to help you and get you to whatever breakthrough, whatever next level, whatever clarity that you're looking for. So just a little recap on the six considerations. The first one is, what are you good at? Number two is, do you have a method that can be duplicated? Number three is, who is your ideal client? Number four is, do you want to work with a group or individuals? Five, what are your credentials? And six, what's your selling point slash what will your clients go away with? So these are going to be in the show notes as per usual. And I would say really write them down. Write them down on a piece of paper and answer the questions one by one go through it figure it out and if you're still struggling message me i'd be more than happy to offer my assistance to you if it's something that will work for you and with that i wanted to just tell you guys a little bit about my coaching practice it's called through my eyes coaching the way i see life is that when it comes to individuals helping people get to the next level i cannot do a one size fits all technique because everybody is looking for different things. Nobody is broken. In my opinion, many times we're misguided or we're confused or there's that little gap in taking us to the next level. So I specialize in strategic goal setting and sustainable goal setting and helping you really get clarity in your business and in your life. So right now I'm offering a few different coaching Packages. The first one is the Rooted 120. And this is a two hour strategic session with me. You come in, you tell me what you want. We will work on it. We will figure out goals. We will set plans. We will create key performance indicators to get you what you want. It's in, extremely intense, but it's extremely beneficial. And then For things that are a little bit longer, I have the Rooted 90, which is a three-month one-on-one coaching session. You'll work with me and we will work through not just the business side, but the mental side of whatever work you want to do. I'm not coming. I have my method, which is a root work goal-setting method, but we do what you want to do. What's most important to you? We will find the resources and figure out how to get you to your next level. I don't believe in really cookie cutter anything. (laughs) If you guys know me by now, you should probably know that to be true. And this Rooted 90, the one-on-one coaching, we will speak every single week. We will have check-ins throughout the week. I will send you pitch strategy. I will help you draft letters if that's what you need to do i will help you with publishing your book if that's what you need to do whatever it is these are my areas of expertise and i am more than happy to help and this the second three month coaching is a group coaching and this is the village 90 and for this coaching it's three to five clients only per session i don't believe in big coaching as of yet I prefer to work in a small group where I can still speak and get very close to everybody and really help them on a one-on-one. This also includes a weekly call, uh, a group chat where we can all discuss, and I will help each and every one of you who are in the group figure out what it is you want to do and really get you to the next level. And the cool thing about the Village 90 is that I have the option or I've given you guys the option to create your own group. If you have a group of friends, three to five of you who are really ready to get coached, you can come and join the village together. It doesn't have to be a group that I curate for you based on. Interest levels and the people who I think will be in a group you can also come in and say hey I have five friends or I have three friends and we want to really do this together Can we be in our own group? So that's another option for you and the final Coaching option is solutions focused brief coaching. And solution focused coaching is something that I received a certificate in last year. It's a type of coaching that is very future and positivity oriented. We don't dwell on the past. We don't, there's no need to re traumatize. You tell me what you want, you tell me your best hopes, and we strategize and plan towards that. So, this is a one hour clarity session. So, you can do this subsequently over and over it's a very minimal straight to the point one topic we we deal with it for an hour type of coaching strategy so my coaching is as you can tell very very hands-on no bs you have to be willing to put in the work and that's the thing about it like i don't anybody who wants to join my coaching because it's very limited i have a small cohort per quarter, I'm going to have a conversation with you beforehand. We're going to talk and we're going to be honest with each other. If I have a call with you and I realize that what you need is not something that I can necessarily offer you, I'm not going to take your money. I'm not doing it. So I'm going to leave a link in my bio to the coaching. You guys can book calls with me, read up on what it is and see if it's something you're interested in or if it's something that anybody that you know would be interested in as well. So, yeah, that's what it is. The website is tme.solutionslash coaching, and it's going to be in the show notes below. And with that, I'll get right into the words to live by for this week, which are not everything should be monetized. <laughs> I kind of, I think this was a reoccurring theme, especially in the beginning of this episode, but I am a firm believer in the fact that not everything should be monetized. And I think that right now in culture, we're seeing a lot of get your money up, get your bread up, hustle, 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 but not every talent you have needs an Etsy page. (laughs) Not every talent you have should be attached to to a, what's that guy called? PayPal account. Yeah, that's what it is. Or a cash app or a GoFundMe. There are some things that we don't do well enough to justify having my, i um, getting paid for, which is absolutely okay. And I think the pressure of trying to monetize everything really puts us in a stressful situation because there are some things that I will never monetize because they literally bring me joy to do. And the moment that they are attached to deadlines, there goes my joy. So there are some things in your life that you should keep for the sake of self-care and joy and calm and peace and just the happiness that it brings you within itself, not attached to money. And when it comes to coaching, as you guys can probably tell, I feel very strongly about that. So thank you guys so, 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 so much for listening. Subscribe, rate, share, with a friend. Tell somebody about this. If they're trying to get into coaching, please make sure they hear this. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.